Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. My name is Alice. I am with Martin Painting and Coating out of Columbus, Ohio. So, OH for anybody, any Buckeyes in the house? Hello. Thank you. <laughs> uh, today, I am co-presenting uh, with Stacy. She is on the residential side. I am on the commercial side. And we're gonna talk mostly about training today, training programs that we both have implemented um, in our relative companies um, and how to bring unskilled people into the workforce and into your painting companies. Um, some of the things that have worked for us and hopefully you guys can take some things away from each of our um, presentations today. Okay, so these are the three things I'm gonna cover. Um, how we recruit and train. Uh, it's all about your people. I'm gonna talk about core values, getting the right people first. Uh, that acronym stands for our core values, respect, integrity, teamwork, and effort. And then we are changing lives. Us, Martin Painting, I believe that, and I believe our industry is changing lives also. So we'll get to that too. Um, I'm going to start with a timeline of what we've done with training at Martin Painting. So 2018, um, I was a student actually at Ohio State and I was working part-time at Martin Painting and we needed painters. I mean, we still all need painters, right? <laughs> but we, we really needed to create and invent painters and we needed to figure out a way to do that. So we are fortunate enough that we had the space to do that in our facility. So we went with the model of a classroom environment and a training hands-on room environment. Luckily, we had both available. So we set up a classroom and a training room, which you can see right there. Um, so it was kind of like a half-day setup where they would come in and do a YouTube video and they would look through the PowerPoint and I would be there, I would pull in a foreman, I would pull in one of our estimators who was from the field who can share their experience, their knowledge, um, and talk to these people and teach them the skill, teach them, you know, these are the opportunities in the industry, this is my journey through, you know, Martin Painting, and this is what you know, you can do. This is what I have done. Uh, so that's how we got started in training. Um, and then we kind of refined what the program looked like in 2019. Um, and we got sponsorship through our local ABC chapter, which is the Associated Builders and Contractors Association. Anybody familiar? Yep. So we had a accredited apprenticeship program, which was great to have, um, but it, over time we realized it didn't really fit with what our goal was. So it was great to have, great to talk about, 
you know, it was more of a rah-rah than it was meaningful, real grit training. So we realized, you know, these trainees aren't learning what they, what they need to. So we refined and refined and refined and refined. We still are. It'll never end. <laughs> um, so now, um, in 2019, we started to just focus on what we need to train on and what's meaningful. So now we do not have a apprenticeship program. We just have a training program. And then, of course, COVID happened. <laughs> so we had to be flexible. We had to adapt. We went to what, what training sources do we have online? You know, how can we get people access to online resources? You, we reached out to our vendors, our paint vendors. You know, what are you guys doing? What can you, know, what can you share with us? Um, obviously, you know, our numbers dropped with training then. Um, a lot of people were getting assistance, so they weren't working. Um, which I think all of you probably went through also. So uh, then last year, we um, found the, the PCA Trade Best Practices, and it is amazing. We used it last year. We're going to use it this year. It's fantastic. Through our journey since 2018, we realized that our trainees, um, they do not want to sit in a classroom all day. They don't want to sit in a classroom for half a day. They, they don't want to do it. And it might be different for your experience, but it was not that way for our, <laughs> our trainees. They want to be out there actually painting. So if that's what they're telling you, listen to them. So we love the trade best practices because they watch the video, they're no more than 15 minutes, and they get the visuals, they get the actual knowledge, and then they get to go back out in the field and learn the trade. So that's what we used last year, that's what we're gonna use this year, and then they can do it right on their phone, they can do the quiz, and then there's the accountability piece too. So thank you PCA, we love you for that. <laughs> there's a little bit of our timeline. And just a little bit more, because I love visuals, and I think they're great. These are um, just some more pictures of our people training on site in our facilities. <clears throat> and we do industrial, so, um, we did some blast training as well. So recruiting, everybody loves recruiting right now, right? <laughs> so who and where? Um, these are two things that you have to kind of look at through a different lens because we're trying to get creative with how can we recruit because it's such a need right now. These are some things that we ask ourselves. Um, who are they? the people that we're trying to recruit. Are they local? Are they not local? Can we access people that are not local? Is it worth trying to you know, bring people in that aren't local and recruit them to your company? What does that cost look like? Are we, are we able to do that? And thinking through those things with your team. Um, are, they being, are they being underpaid right now? Can we have those conversations with people that are maybe in the wrong market and they would be willing to you know, make a career change, and how can I have that conversation with those individuals? How can I access them? Um, are, you know, are they current employees and they're just not in the right seat? Is there a leadership opportunity to bring somebody up or switch them around within my organization? Um, are they current students? Are they parents? Um, so that's who they are within your relative communities. <clears throat> and then the where. You know, the towns, the cities, neighborhoods, 
high schools, um, trade schools. And I want to talk about, you know, on the commercial side, that's, you know, what we do. We have programs where people come out of, you know, incarceration and they need to get back into society, they need to get a job, and they need to get, you know, back into the working world. And these second chance programs have really, you know, shed some light into what you can do to help people and how you can change people's lives. So we've kind of opened up this new way of looking at different opportunities and where you can access people who want to learn a trade that aren't just, you know, coming out of a trade school or, you know, trying to get their life started, but with, um, you know, with the homeowner side, some people are sensitive who you can have in your homes, and I get that, and that's why I'm trying to look at it through a commercial lens, because a lot of the time, you can, you can access um, through recruiting, you can, you can go this route. So, you know, casting a wide net is good whenever you're trying to recruit. <clears throat> and then the why. So, these, uh, this is kind of a looking in the mirror. So why your company? Um, why painting? Why our industry? Why are we uh, level up from the masonry guys or the electricians? You know, why our trade? <clears throat> and why you? So what we try to market and what we try to capitalize on are things that we've done, the stories that we can tell, and our culture. So. We became, last year we became an ESOP, which is an employee-owned company. So you have your 401k account, and then you have an ESOP account. So whenever you retire, you ha you're better off. You have an extra retirement account. What a great employee benefit. So things like that, we tell people in the recruiting process. And our culture, we tell them about our core values. And we say, what does respect mean to you? What does integrity mean to you? And kind of sit back and let them talk. And if that, what they say kind of aligns with what you would say, probably a pretty good match. <clears throat> and it is kind of hard in interviewing to listen to what they're going to say, but you will see them act these things out. That's what you want to see. That's where you're going to find the right people. Um, and then the when with recruiting. You, you have to be, it has to be all the time, <laughs> especially right now. Um, being flexible is the most important thing because, you know, you think you can, at least with our experience, we thought that it would be, oh, this time of the year or this season, you know, being in the Midwest, it's like you have to have every type of coat in the trunk of your car because you just never know. <laughs> but so you think you're, you're prepared, but you're really not because everybody has a life. Everybody has emergencies. Everybody is going through something at home, whether it's the kids and, you know, the relationships and the dog and all of it. So you have to be flexible and you never know when that right person is ready to make a change. So the more flexible you can be, the more understanding you can be, the more empathy you can have, the better your company will receive and the more you will grow. So um, these are our core values. I shared them in the opening um, session and I wanna share them again because I think it's important for each of you to identify your own because if you know who you are and you know what you stand for, 
that, those are the people that you'll attract. And those are the people that are like-minded that you want on your team. And that's who you can really, really trust to kind of, you know, defend your wall. So this is what works for us. <laughs> I know I've told this story before, but we, acronyms are easy. And at first it was TIRE, and we were like, huh, that sounds, that does not sound like a great acronym. <laughs> so we use the acronym RITE, R-I-T-E, Respect, Integrity, Teamwork, and Effort. So these are the things that we uphold, whether it's with our vendors, our clients, our people, um, from the top down. Um, and whenever there's challenges ahead, these are the things that we tell ourselves to get us through. Um, we actually came out with these and were able to write them down and share them throughout the company last year. Um, and it was a, a great time really, even through COVID, it gave us time to focus on them. Um, so I you know, really want you guys to focus on who you are because if you can articulate it and share it, then that's what you'll get back tenfold. So making it about your people, you know, I love sharing our people's stories because I think our people are great. Um, but making it about your people, they'll make it about you and your company and your values and creating those great experiences. <clears throat> but again, my last point is we are changing lives. And it's bigger than just you. And it's bigger than just your company. It's this whole industry. Yeah, we're an aging trade. Or yes, we are a small you know, part of a bigger thing. But how can we move our industry forward as a bigger force? These are the things that we're doing. And all of you have the power to do it. You really, really do. And you have to believe in it. And I really, I believe in it. And I know you guys can too. <laughs> but again, these are the things that I, that I have heard personally in my experience. And you know, you hear stories of others. Combine those two together, and you guys can really impact other people. But these are some of the ways that we've done it. You can build up the communities around you to create a better you know, community, and then impact people individually and change their lives for the better and for their families as well. So yeah. That's what I have for you today. Um, I, unfortunately, I am out of cards. It was a crazy day yesterday. But I am on LinkedIn. Martin Painting is on LinkedIn, Facebook, and um, Instagram. So please add me, follow me, and like us. I'd love to connect with you all. So Stacy's going to come up. I have to make sure I don't talk too much. <laughs> so she's got a timer for me. Hi everybody, I'm Stacy Spear with SNS Painting. And I'm a residential interior house painting company and I have all women and I have 11, well 10 of them right now, one more on the way. Uh, we're trying to get to 12. And so I'm gonna share with you is, whoops, this slideshow. And here we go. I pressed the wrong button. From current slide. Uh, and my uh, training program is the Golden Paintbrush. It is a three month training program. 
Our three-month training program has been designed over uh, several years. Uh, I have a background in banking, and when I was in banking for several years, I did a lot of training. I trained on processes, and I trained on procedures, and a lot of different things. I left banking to stay home with my children and then went into painting. When I went into painting, I just let go of all of my training experience and just said, <clears throat> I will train you. And I didn't have anything in writing. They were just next to me. So of course, they were learning. So my assumption was, if the employee was next to me, that they were learning the process, which was an incorrect assumption to make. And what I learned was I kept getting the excuses of, you never told me. You never taught me. You never, you never, you never. And so I wanted to get rid of that completely and put it back on the employees. And so I've created a process where it is 100% yes, we have. I do have all women. We work from 8 to 2, Monday through Friday, no weekends, no outside, no evenings. And we love it. So what we had was controlled chaos, not even controlled, but you know when you go into a place and there's lines and lines of people and there's people behind the desk that look really busy, but what are they really doing? That's kind of what we were doing. They looked like they were really busy at the job site and you know, sweat coming off the brow or whatever, but we, our efficiency levels were so low. And so I, I stepped back and said, you know what? I really need to fix this. <clears throat> so what we did is we said, okay, before you hire somebody new, what are you going to do? You need to identify, for me, I identified a trainer. And a trainer is, um, is not everybody. Not everybody knows how to communicate and teach. So uh, you need to have them communicate clearly. You need to have them follow through. And I have a process in place for that. Uh, and they need to have patience and not get really frustrated because it's so easy to do. I've told you twice, surely you should be an expert by now. And uh, that's why, you know, as I got older in my painting company and um, I've told people twice, I didn't want to have to tell them again. I was, I ran out of patience. So I had to have somebody who is a painter who also does all of our training. And then uh, I need them to be able to have, be able to make that tough call. Is a person working out or are they not? And the last thing I want to do is keep somebody on um, who is not working out. So uh, you decide what's best for you. For me, no experience is better. My process is the best. Your process is the best. Your process is the best. Everybody's has a different process, and it is the best for you. And what I learned was trying to undo some processes that people had instilled in them was harder than just teaching them from the get-go. And so I let go of any experienced people at all. Uh, what we do is uh, we talk about precision is in the first month, and I'll go over this a little bit more in detail, but all about precision uh, and how to do things in the second month. Uh, we, we don't really talk about speed until the third month, and that's when we get them up to our production level rate. So how long? It is 100% three months. Three months sounds like a long time, but it really is not. Uh, and what we do is have them assigned to their trainer every day for the first month. When they're with that trainer, they get that, that sense of uh, safety. 
and they can ask the trainer questions. They don't feel like, oh, who do I ask? I don't know who to ask. What should I do? Let me just walk in circles and look like I'm busy because that is not effective. Uh, so they're with that first, with the trainer for the first month. The second month, we move them over to the other teams just to try to get them out of their comfort zone and see how they're doing. It really presses, um, we really get to see where they are in their knowledge of what they've learned thus far. Uh, and then we do that for a couple times and it breaks that dependence on their trainer. It also allows them to see how the other supervisors at the jobs run their schedules. The third month is speed. Now, let me just be clear. We have people who've worked for me for years and years and they're very fast. And I'm not expecting this new painter to be as fast as that painter, but I am expecting that painter to come out of my training program up to my speed of production. So if I know that this room is gonna take me 4.34 hours to paint, I want them to do it in 4.0 hours. And so that is kind of how we get them. So what is your production rate? Figure it out if you don't know it. You should know how long it's taking your employee to cut and roll a wall twice or once or whatever you're, whatever you're doing. Once you figure that out, it's all about getting your new employee up to that speed in three months. We're not waiting a year. We're not waiting whatever. So after they do the speed, uh, we're all happy and we have a room test. The room test is where they're sent into a room. This is at the end of three months. They're sent into a room and we're say, go paint. They need to know how to find their work order, which is digital, locate the paints, prep the room, paint the room, uh, clean the room, inspect the room, and come out. Once they have done that and they say, okay, I'm finished, they better be under time, and then the supervisor will go in or the ops manager will go in, inspect it. If there are less than five pieces of tape on the wall, they will graduate the program. If there are more than five, we put tape on the wall to mark any kind of mistakes. So if there are more than five pieces of tape, we have a little discussion, and then next week we'll retest you. If you fail again, you're out. So the biggest learning point for me was understanding the time and money drain on your team. So we hire people who are unskilled and we pay them $2 less per hour for the first month. I mean, for three months. That helps us mitigate all of our costs because it's expensive to train somebody new. So that $2 less per hour is helps maintain your costs, especially in that first month, and then you get a little bit back in that second month, and the third month you're making all your money back and you're even again. In the first month, for me, my employee and my trainer are considered one full-time employee. One full-time employee, because the production rate of my trainer is now going down, because she's now training a new person. So when I'm scheduling a job, and, and I don't have a facility, like Alice has a facility, which I think is so fantastic, and I don't have that kind of um, space. So on day one, they're in the field. I hire you, you do your paperwork, tomorrow you've got a paintbrush in your hand, and they have a paintbrush in their hand on day one with their trainer. And so their production rate is really low. So keeping that in mind, um, can schedule out jobs properly. Then in month two, 
your uh, trainer and your new trainee, new employee, is considered one and a half people because the trainee now knows all of our procedures and now we're working on how great is their line, what are, you know, how are they rolling, what are we doing, do they know where all the paints are, do they put everything back properly, and we start making sure they can go through the process a little bit quicker. And then in month three, we really are just chasing them. So some people get caught up in their heads with cutting in and they're like, oh, I can't. And we have one of our faster girls rolling behind them and they have to cut in front of them. So that's we chase them and push their, their speed. So th that's how we do our, our speed encouragement. If you want to call it encouragement, I don't know. But, <laughs> but I mean, you have to force the speed. Otherwise, they're going to overthink everything they're doing. I mean, they can play with a, a beat of clock all day long if they wanted, if you let them. Right? So how do you keep pressing forward? Not that you want them, again, you don't want them to be at the highest speed because that's um, kind of mean to ask, right? You want to make it comfortable for them and you want them to be able to learn in a comfortable environment and retain, 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 retain. So how do I do all this? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Uh, we do a lot of different things. So up here on this table, I brought one of my training books. But uh, when they come in and they uh, start working, and even in their interview process, I mean, Alice really did a great job talking to us about what do you talk about in that interview process. In the interview process, I show them my manual. This is their employee manual. And in here is everything they're going to be going over in three months' time. And they see it all, and it's laid out. And it makes them feel comfortable that there's an outline, that it's very organized, that it's distinct. And at the back of this uh, is their uh, review. Everything is in here. And so I'll talk to you more about what's in here, but I brought one in case somebody wanted to look at it. Um, anyway, so training checklist, all this kind of stuff is in there. So what we also learned in our journey of trying to figure out how to best train an employee was styles of learning really do make a difference. People sometimes really feel comfortable at that desk. They really feel comfortable listening and retaining information. Other people cannot stand it and want to get right out and into it. Some people like to be shown how to do something. Some people like to try it and have somebody behind them telling them, no, bring it down and do this or whatever all different ways of learning and you need to understand that not every person learns the same way which means your trainer has to be adaptable and make that happen so we start out with a training checklist and again what i had this all stems back to i really didn't like hearing nobody trained me nobody told me nobody 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 so we start with unloading the van. And I've actually updated a little bit. They have to sign off on every line item that they've talked about it. That means when your ops manager goes to the job, or if I go to the job, or you go to the job, whatever it is, you can look at their training checklist, which is with them every single day for three months, never leave home without it. You can look at it and quiz them on anything you want. And they better know the answer if it's been checked off. If it hasn't been checked off, then OK. Don't quiz them on them, right? So like wallpaper removal, you're not doing wallpaper. Well, I don't know, maybe you are. I don't do wallpaper removal every single day. So they might not get that. And so we have to talk to them about it. But we, we understand that process. 
Um, we also teach them how to handle customers who like to tell us how to do our jobs and sit there behind the podium and say, no, 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 you do this, you do this. We teach them about the inefficiency of cell phone usage. Did you know that if an employee is working at speed and then they stop to look at a text and they put the phone back, they don't answer it, it's 10 minutes to get back up to production. Do you know how much 10 minutes is in a day when it happens over and over again? Uh, and then pets. Pets are you know, our enemy in the residential world. Cute little things. <laughs> Not really. All right, so is that all? No. In the manual, we have all of our craftsmen operating procedures. So PCA has, has come up with, and they have it all out digitally, uh, a whole list of procedures on how to clean walls, how to prep walls, how to paint a six-panel door, how to do this and that and this and that. And they have quizzes with all of them. So the employees do have to read all of the craftsman operating procedures and do the quizzes, and they do get graded. The, um, and it, it's not like, you know, pass and fail. I mean, if they get it wrong, they get it wrong, you talk to them about it. It's not like you're going to kick them out of the program because of that. But it helps them to understand what the different uh, procedures are and, and what your quality is and what your uh, standard operating procedures are, your SOPs, right? So it starts to lay all those out for them. Uh, we go over all of that. It takes about five to seven hours, and I do pay them for that. And then online, there all are videos they can also watch. Uh, here's a, a residential SOP. They have residential interior, residential exterior, and they have commercial. So this is kind of what it looks like, but this is ceiling and wall preparation. And then they have the production rate, safety, tools, and then um, that's the quiz that the employee has to take. And basically, it is so much information, and how do you share it all? Well, you can't. You're not going to remember to share it. But if you have a checklist, you have it all printed out, and everything is already there for you, you don't really have to worry about it. The other thing, oh, and then here are the different techniques. This is still in the COPs. And then if it's completed properly, this is what it would look like. So that's what they get. They also get all of their safety training. And all of their safety training forms that we have to fill out are in their manual. So we don't forget. So fit testing form is in there, your ladder safety, fire safety, lead safety, everything is in there so that we sign that paper and file it and then we're legal, right? It was, we got to the point where we forgot, oh gosh, we forgot about fit testing or, and we just gave them a respirator. Oh, we forgot about fire safety. And it was hard to always remember where you were in the training, but by going through the manual, it's all right there. The, the document is signed and dated your trainer's doing the training, and then out. It goes into your files, and you're done and happy and legal. And then at the end, they get a, um, a paintbrush and a certificate. The paintbrush that they get is spray-painted gold, so it's the golden paintbrush. And they become certified painter with SNS painting. And that certified painter then becomes a wonderful marketing source for you because you can put it on Facebook, you can put it in your quarterly newsletter, you can make a big deal about it. If you remember in the newspapers, they would always have these business sections, so-and-so was here, and you know, it was just wonderful. And so we make a big deal about it because we want them to know, you know where they are, what, how proud we are of them, and then we want to use it as a marketing source. I will tell you, 
I'm not getting into state law, but I don't want to have an employee around for more than two to three days if they're not working out. I get rid of them in the first week, and I know it sounds harsh. It is not. If you think about your, just think right now, do you have any employees on your team that are really just challenging you, not working out, not up to production, and the drain that that employee has on the rest of your team? It's killer. It is not good. By having this structure, you have your proof, you have everything lined up and your documentation so that you can release an employee. The faster you get that person out, the easier it will be on you, your team, and your financial bottom line. So whatever you do, uh, think about whatever points you pull out from this, please remember, when you have a bad performing employee, it's not just you that affects, it affects everybody on your team. And it's uncomfortable for everybody, but you're the one that has to make that hard call and that hard decision and have that conversation and just say, thank you, it's not working out. And I will tell you, I have the best firings around. I mean, nobody gets mad. Nobody is crying. I had a girl cry because she really loved the job, but she just wasn't working out. But it's not a, a contentious thing. It is, you know, we said this is what it was going to be. You're really not getting it. You're not communicating. Please, let's move on. And we do. And we split ways. And it's really amicable. Uh, for hiring, just to bullet point that really quick before, because we have a couple extra minutes, I go after wait staff. So I'm all women, so I go after waitresses. I, uh, waitresses are amazing women, and they multitask. They understand, listen to, and can put out multi-step directions. They can talk while they work and never stop painting. And, and they're just amazing, and their work ethic is incredible. And if you take a waitress who works nights and weekends and put them into a nine to five, seven to four, eight to six, two, our job, they're just over the moon, right? So waitstaff is a great place. I advertise on Craigslist for under the waitstaff uh, category. And then uh, I do LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Indeed. Indeed, I do. Indeed, I do. I will tell you that when I open up my application status, I will get one to 150 applicants each and every time. And I have to shut it down the next day because it's the ad that you put out for your applicants has to be precise, concise, and it has to make sense who, who you're attracting. Alice talked about it quite some length. Who are you attracting? Put that in your ad. Get those people in. So we, we go on there. Woman-owned company looking for a stay-at-home mom who wants to come back to work. That's, that's my header. So no experience necessary. We will train you for everything. No tools needed. I supply them with everything. And so, so with your training, when you have your ad and you get your person in, much like um, Alice, we do a phone interview. They come in and they meet with me in person. And then to interview the girls, remember, I don't have an, a place like Alice, so I do a live interview at a job site. I get permission from the customer, and I have the new interview, the new employee talking to the trainer, and I make sure they can actually communicate with each other and they don't butt heads right away. Women have 
emotions, and they sometimes get carried away. So I, I don't want any of that drama, because I'm not about drama. And I get them in there. Do they work well? It's a one-hour interview, and they have to roll cut and roll a wall. And then we're done. And then by the time I work, walk the girl to the car and I walk back in, my employees, by the way, who are very all women and very verbal, will let me know whether or not I can hire them. I'm so thankful to my employees to let me know that I can hire somebody. <laughs> but it's all good, right? But it's great that they have the buy-in. But you do need to make sure that your trainer can communicate with whoever that new employee is going to be. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.